Ashley Keen. Hey. Oh, yo, I'm so I'm so that. Let me make sure I like put my phone on right away and put it away. It was in my hand. Yeah, I have Ashley Keen with me, guys. Like, yo, this is about to be like. It's a real I'm thing. With Charisse, like, I'm with Charisse <laughs> on her podcast in her setup. Like, I'm so amped. Like, I am so excited. Like, this is so amazing. Like, this is actually a real thing. Like, this, this is, is actually thing. happening. This is a real thing. Oh my gosh, where do I begin? I don't know, girl. I feel. I, I feel like this conversation can start with how we met. With how we met. Yeah, because like, there was something that you said to me, um when like after you met me that kind of really struck me oh gosh what did i say it wasn't a bad thing girl. It wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad. um but it was just like this you you had said to me that um like we were kind of moving through the world the church world and i showed up and we were in the mentorship program yes we MSK. were i remember that and then it was kind of like and you're like, oh, but you're just like really chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you're just like, you're really chill for like for for a PK for a preacher's kid. You're just really chill, and that yeah. really kind of struck me because it was so interesting to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Well, like for me, I think, I think in that moment, like at that mentorship program. Mm-hmm. Uh, was when I realized you were a preacher's kid. Mm, yeah. And for me, like, I knew a few with you, you doing mm-hmm. poetry and everything, but I never actually met you. Mm. And somehow it was revealed during then that you were a preacher's kid. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because usually there's that stigma where you're either the absolute worst <laughs> or you're just like, super perfect yeah and i didn't get that vibe from you i was like oh my gosh like she's actually real like she's (laughs) like she's chilling she's real like i could actually have a conversation so i think that's how maybe that comment came about but yeah like the reason i i brought you here is to talk about that very thing being a preacher's kid because in passing we've had uh these conversations yeah we have about being a preacher's kid and you know i was I've shared with you a couple of times about not being able to figure out my identity because of this title. Yeah. And then also people thinking that um, being a pastor or preacher is this luxurious thing and they don't realize the effect that it also has on the family, not just the pastor or the individual being the pastor themselves. And that was the one thing that I felt like you related so much to me about. Yeah. And I, 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 get that because okay i have to put out this disclaimer first of all if my parents ever watch this podcast or listen to it (laughs) (laughs) i might say some stuff that i've never said to them but it's just a matter of me being honest but they are aware yeah um and from our cultural context because we are of a jamaican background Mm -hmm. one of the things i've always heard when I was growing up was, and I'll say it in the dialect, is um, preach a pitney at the worst, past the pitney at the mm-hmm. And I, like, I felt like everything I did mm-hmm. was judged through that lens. Yeah. So, and it wasn't just from the church. Like, it was, like, the, the community, the society itself. Because, like, I remember... I, people would say stuff to me that was mean and I would snap back. And when I snapped back, I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. pasta pitney had it worse. And I was just like, it like it really scarred me because, or it, it took its toll over time when I was younger because I felt like people really just wanted me to be, to fit this nice box yeah. that they built. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't very good at that. Yeah. I wasn't good at not being honest I wasn't good at not speaking up for myself or advocating um and initially like I was really shy growing up and I remember like a lot of stuff happened it would be it would be like really hard to get into all the details of that now but I remember like people trying to pick on me for certain things or whatever the case is or try to bully and I would 
find moments where I push back, but because I pushed back and it was a problem, it was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't like that. So when you brought up, um, the conversation in MSK, like I could hundred percent relate. Yeah. Because I'm like, yo, sometimes we're in this world and everybody's not like that, but there are people, man, when they look at you, they just, they take it for granted that you're a human being. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, like I was struggling at that point. I think even when I came in, I I had no intentions of being a part of that program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came into the program not really knowing what to expect. I don't even know how I ended up in the program, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't Jess, know how. Honestly, I Jess can't remember. I can't remember how I ended up there, but um, I ended up there. And um, from there, I was able to build a, another community of people that I have grown attached to now. Yeah. Um, but like you said, like people say things and they do things. And I've gotten the comment of, oh, you're a rebel just because you're saying something for yourself. And, you know, there were people trying to parent me that weren't my parents mm. because they're like, oh, this is pastor's kid. So this is my expectation of what a pastor's child should be like. And I'm like, my parents don't have that expectation of me. Why is Thank it you. that you. you or I should be listening to your expectations of me as an individual? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, listen, like, I won't clap my hands on that one. Yeah. I, oh, man, I find I have found that to be one of the most irritating parts of this whole experience for me. Thank God I've matured. Because if it was a different girl, my God. Like, it would have been a different situation. But, like, people just seem to have these expectations. Yep. And I remember once, and I will not, I will not say that nepotism doesn't exist in the church. Um, I will not say that there are people who, they look at families and, and titles and, Um, positions and will elevate people in their mind or in their actions I will not say that but I remember once um, somebody said to me like pastor's children are supposed to be the light Mm -hmm. of the church yes like what bible (laughs) let's start there since that is since that is what our whole basis is built on, like the foundation of our lives surrounds Christ, and we we look into the scriptures and we read the word, and that is like that that is what we used to pattern our lives or, or have direction. What Bible? Yeah. Where? How am I supposed to be a light of the church? Like mm-hmm. I am not Christ. I did not die for you. I hear all the time that I'm supposed to be the example for all of the young people, and I'm like. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Like, shouldn't someone older be an example? <laughs> like, not me. Like, can I figure out my life too? Can I get guidance too? Like, yeah. Can I be young? Yeah. Am I? Can I? Can I? Can I stumble? No, they don't want you to stumble. Can you can't I, stumble. Can I stumble? Like, no. I, I, I'm like, like, why, why do I need to? be the epitome of of all things good and glorious see but they have these expectations of preachers kids but they don't have that expectation for their own kids listen (laughs) but that's one of the reasons why i feel like we came we we have this saying of um pastors kids are the worst yeah because i feel like there is this light that this this high beam on um depending on the type of culture you're in this high beam on um pks or mks ministers kids preachers kids um on these children so everybody's always looking at them Mm -hmm. and there is such this high beam on them that any little stumble or mistake or um imperfect action is just amplified or magnified because everybody is is watching mm-hmm. and unfortunately everybody isn't watching with the greatest of intentions right some people are watching so they could say they knew that you would fail mm-hmm. yeah they're watching they're waiting they're waiting mm-hmm. so that they could say see me didn't tell you i knew it i knew it i knew it i thought it i knew it all <laughs> along i felt it in the spirit they I find that everyone 
regardless of who you are, like everyone doesn't always have your best interest at heart. Right. And unfortunately, um, that comes with the territory of being in a space where you are you're seen more often than others. Yeah. Where you don't always get to shrink back. Mm -hmm. Where your parents go to preach and my kids are here with me. Like you don't get we don't like you know you don't get to hide. There's this idea. So then you show up and this is this is the preacher's kid. And this is um and this light is shone on you and for the whole service. People are watching you. Yeah. Because now they know who you are. I often tell my mom, I'm not, like, when my mom used to go to preach, I was like, please stop doing that. <laughs> You're like, please don't. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, people can find out after. Yeah. People can know after. Just, you know, just don't, don't, don't point me out. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm good with just sitting down and just being in the background because I know what it's like when people approach you from even just that premise um that they know your parents yeah and or you know they like your they're like your parents and nothing's wrong with that but again everybody doesn't always have the best of intentions that is true that is true i i find that with um with my dad now he's going up the scale mm. of mm. i guess level of importance yes. in the church community um and that puts more exposure on everything mm. that my siblings and I do. But I think now that I'm older, I'm learning how to navigate through yes. that, you know, because prior to that, like when I was younger, I became the perfect liar. Mm, girl. You know how to put on a facade. You know how to please people. Like I became, they tell you not to lie. But the minute you tell the truth, it's a problem. Ooh. Right? So it's like, do I be honest or do I just lie so that way, you know, you're hearing what satisfies mm. you? So I became the perfect liar. Wow. To the point where, yeah. like, I told so much lies, I was lying to myself. My God. I know that. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah. And, like, for you in that position, like... What helped you come out of that spot? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Listen, uh, we're here to talk. Like, let's talk. I don't even know, to be honest with mm. you. Like, I feel like at some point things got progressively worse. Mm. So, like, I've, I'm very real and very open about my mental health and the things that I've struggled with. And so one of my issues, because I acknowledged that I had mental health problems when I was in high school. Mm. And one thing that used to bother me was I'm like, I come from a good home. Mm -hmm. I have loving and supportive parents. Mm -hmm. I've, I don't have issues with my siblings. Like people are shocked when they see me and my siblings communicate outside of our house. They're like, Oh, you guys talk. Yeah. Like I don't have bad relationships with my family. Mm -hmm. Um, so it bothered me because I'm like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. Right. And so obviously there's the part of the, you know, chemical imbalances and stuff like that. But I'm like, besides that, what else is wrong? Yeah. And, I came to realize that one thing that was wrong was that I felt like I was always pretending. I felt like I was always lying. I felt like I couldn't be myself. Mm. I felt like anytime I was trying to be myself, that that was a problem. Mm -hmm. um, so really and truly, it's not even until maybe the last year that I'm really like, even now this year, I'm really trying to like come into myself and um, be okay with myself. You know, and again, a lot of therapy, <laughs> you know, I've been since I've been diagnosed um, with depression and anxiety. I've been in therapy. I don't go as often now. I go for a little tune up here and there, but it's still a work in progress for me because I was conditioned so young. And my problem was that a lot of it wasn't from my parents. A lot of the conditioning was from uh, people at church. Because I can even remember clearly being about like six or seven years old and calling out dad at church. And someone's like, don't call him dad. That's Pastor Smith to you when you're at church. Yeah. I'm six and seven years old. Like, yeah, what do you like? What do you know about this <laughs> like, whole like hierarchy and political? You know, like and I get it. Like uh, if you want to correct someone, but at the end of the day, I feel like that's for the parents to do. 
in that, that. in that position in that role that was my parents responsibility not your responsibility um because at the end of the day they're my parents yeah that's his title so again it's just taken a few years to one acknowledge the problem and to be willing to work on mm. the problem because i find that maybe the reason why certain preachers kids turn out to be the worst or turn out to be bad is because they don't feel like they can acknowledge that problem or they don't feel like they have people to work through that with them like were your parents supportive with like you know how you are and your personality and you know fostering that first of all before i talk about that can i i'm just, I'm just gonna applaud the healing journey we're still on it and the but wholeness. like it's a journey like uh, we we appreciate every step forward yes even the pushback like mm-hmm. i i always applaud that because it's a part of the process and you're putting in good input yeah and i feel like when we put good input in you get good output so um yeah keep doing i love that for you thank you yeah (laughs) (laughs) like yes go healing but um with me i find that my parents were really supportive which i appreciate um when i was growing up because um my parents are like both distinct in how their gifts are like manifest i find my dad to be a lot calmer and i find my mom to be a lot more energetic um both vibrant it's just you know the ways that they're vibrant and so i was growing up and people were always like you know who are you gonna be Mm -hmm. like right and there was this idea like of that i had to choose right Mm -hmm. about like who do I want to be like versus coming home to myself and who I am and my personality. But I think the beauty of, you know, how I was raised is that it was always follow the word of God for yourself. Mm -hmm. Know the Lord for yourself, have a relationship with Jesus for yourself. Um, And my dad always uses the scripture i can't remember where it's taken from right now but i'm gonna paraphrase and it says um with all the gift that you have this is not how it goes lord <laughs> i know this text and i cannot remember it right now but we're anyways, just paraphrasing we're paraphrasing yeah. but essentially it's um do what you do to the best of your ability based on the gift god has given you mm-hmm. do what you do to the best of your ability based on the gift god has given you and that's something that he has always said to me he's always emphasized and that has definitely helped me walk in this call um they support my poetry 100 um i didn't start teaching or preaching till i was like in my mid about mid 20s 25 or so i'm 30 now so maybe that's like five six years ago and um my mom was just be like hey do you want to teach on sunday right we notice this 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 is growing do you want to do you want to step out into this um aspect of your calling so even it and i was voluntarily doing things in the community as well right i was working with 365 ministries um i volunteered with cam youth and and a lot of um or the canadian apostolic ministries youth arm that's what cam stands for and they were just like, you're doing it for the Lord. You're doing it to the best of your ability. You're doing it according to the gifts that God has given you. Do it. And them laying hands on me and affirming me first has helped with dealing with outside pressure. Because now when if people come at me or come to me, and they try to now take their expectations and put it on me, I am able to say, that is not how, who, that's not how God has made me, that's not who he wants me to be. So I I feel like because I have a strong community of people who are surrounding me, I'm able to say no Mm -hmm. to people. I'm able to set boundaries. I'm able to articulate while now, 
that I don't believe that what you just told me is appropriate. And I feel like you should go back and think mm-hmm. about what you just <laughs> said. Because, and I've said this to people before, thank God I'm the person that you said that to. Mm-hmm. I've said that before when I'm in this mature state. And it, and like for me, even that is just like, oh, that's growth. Yeah. That's, that's healing. Because some people will just let their mouth go mm-hmm. without consideration or care for the individual. Right. And now that I'm here, I'm able to say, thank God you said that to me. And it wasn't somebody else who is not where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe, no, not maybe, you need to rethink <laughs> the words that just came out of your mouth. Yep. Assess. <laughs> revise (laughs) listen sometimes it's even the actions that people do because i'm not the type of person that was quick to react Mm. and i've had people in church do things to me that were like wild behaviors like absolutely wild like if it was anybody else they would have called the police Mm -hmm. they would have fought you Mm -hmm. they would have screamed in your but part of me was upset with myself for how i reacted because I didn't even at least speak up. Yeah. So I feel like there's a balance. Yes. Like being able to speak up for yourself, but at the same time, like guarding your words. Yes. Because even not saying something yeah. still hurts you. Yes. That's so true. That yeah. is so true. I love that. I love that. So how are you finding your voice now? Because you're talking about your healing, mm-hmm. um, the healing process and coming into your identity and just figuring out who you are and showing up authentically as the Lord has caused you to be and being Sharice. Yeah. So, like, how are you now using your voice? Because, I mean, this podcast is a beautiful way to use your voice, but what other ways are you using your voice now to... Um, well, ways in which I'm using my voice or how am I getting to this point of using my voice? I think both. I think I'm asking both. Two questions at once? Okay. Yes. So... Again, this podcast is one way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also working on producing other shows, mm-hmm. um, which is something I would passionate about. I think I kind of silenced myself in going the easy route with um, media and not tackling my actual passion. So once I tried something I didn't like and I'm like, nope, this is not for me. I have to do something that drives my passion, that is pushing me to use my voice. Um, because at that point, it's just like, I don't want to be miserable in doing what I love. You know, I just don't believe in that. Um, so those are some things like my sister had her premiere for her movie and she's <laughs> right. And she'll be on the podcast. We're going to talk about how she created the protege from start to finish and the favor that God put into that. But along with that, she came to me and she's like, Hey, I want you to host the event. Um, and I went to school for, Uh, radio and television uh, broadcasting more so to be on the presentation side so being in front of the mic in front of the camera and at church I hid myself behind it and so my sister and my brother have always seen me they're like no you need to be here and most of the times um, when people see me in those places I tend to hide but this time I'm like okay I'm gonna say yes I don't know why I said yes but I'm like I'm gonna say yes this time and normally I'm nervous and jittery and stuff. But when it came to that day, I was calm. Like there was just this peace that was over me. And it could be because I am growing in my relationship with God. He is now helping me to find my voice and helping me find peace within who I am. Yeah. Um, and not being ashamed of that. You know, because a lot of the times I feel like... Uh, you're trying to have a relationship with God that looks like how it looks like for everybody else. And um, at the end of the day, like the core is still the same, but the way he and I communicate is different. And the things he's revealing to me is different from what he's revealing to you. Um, There are times where he can reveal the same thing in our own special way, but then I'm literally just coming to that realization now. Um, So again, like it's just a lot of like self work and, also messing up and being okay with messing up that's good i've never been okay with with that's good not um at least being close to perfect Mm. um even when like you get your grades and whatever i was panicky like i hated not doing well in a subject 
and it's just like okay well that's just not for you and that's okay so now I'm just getting to the point where I'm realizing it's okay to fail because failing teaches you something and you can always pull from that and better yourself next time so that's kind of how I've been coming to learning my voice loving my voice and you know operating in what I believe my calling is and it's again been a journey and some people say well you're 25 Sheree so like you're not behind but I think I've always kind of pushed myself Mm. a little bit ahead I don't know if you get this but like as a preacher's kid sometimes you feel like you grow up a little bit faster I do think so because honestly I feel like the level of exposure we have to certain things Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah the things the things we see sometimes the things we 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 get the loads um the the weight we see our parents Mm. carry um, I really want to touch on that part too. Weight, Finish your thought. Exactly. Finish your thought. <laughs> the weight we see our parents mm-hmm. carry sometimes. Um, the the exposure to to I'm gonna say it this way: the exposure to some levels of wickedness and hey. evil <laughs> and underhanded behaviors and some of that behavior towards our parents. Hundred percent. Which is why some people, <laughs> which is why some of us don't like the church, <laughs> because <laughs> you think church hurt is only for the the saints and not my the the pastors. God. Oh my goodness! Sometimes these people don't talk wicked, wicked. about my father. Wicked, <laughs> Dad, if you're bro. listening to this, and just just know I have a heart for you. Listen, because the heart of a pastor is different. Because the way some people have talked about him, and he still goes and hugs them for and the prays for them, and, and 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 goes down on his knees and calls onto God to help them from a good place, bro. From a good place, not sense. even for show. And that's the thing I love about like even pastors with integrity. Mm-hmm. The the fact that like what you see on Sunday. Mm-hmm is exactly how it is from Monday to Saturday. Yep, exactly. Like the the genuine like joy and heart for people mm-hmm. is exactly what you see. I love I love pastors with with integrity and I love that God does that for his children. Um I love that I've been witness to 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 good leadership and but let me tell y'all. Mhm. They be enduring some knives, listen, <laughs> some arrows, some noisome pestilence. Like, and you and and people don't understand. Like, as kids, I know, like now we're adults. Yeah, it's but, very difficult to understand when you see it. Yeah, like it is hard. Oh, I'm hearing feedback. Um, it is hard because you see your parents now become vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? Like, there have been some people that have passed through mm-hmm. my church. Where my and in their time there and even in their time away, my parents have poured into them as if they were their children, like their biological children. And I know that because I know what it's like to be their biological children and experience that. So to now see how they pour into other people mm. and for that to be disregarded. Like cast away, oh Lord have mercy! Like a towel <laughs> <laughs> into the sea of forgetfulness. Like it is just wild. It is, and I and I genuinely feel also that's why I've encountered a lot of um, ministers' children who have such a struggle mm-hmm. when it comes. To the house of the Lord. Yes. Yes. Because, like, when you're young, you don't have the capacity to understand that um, human beings are going to be human beings. Mm -hmm. And they are imperfect. Yeah. And we're all imperfect, Mm -hmm. right? And it's this idea that um, you see your mom and your dad crying or 
in pain and don't get it twisted they don't come home and tell church business it's but you're you see like yeah. it's it's not hard to see you can tell the, you you see the work they do like people call your call call their phone at whatever hour o'clock mm-hmm. whatever hour of clock they know they're on vacation they know that they are home with their children at like and they're still calling whatever hour of the clock i promise you and um, and some people have genuine needs, so yes. I'm not disregarding yes. that. Yes. But people will call at whatever hour, and your parents, your mom, your dad, um, the PK will see their, their parent wake up and pray for that person, mm-hmm. um, agonize over that person, yep. put their clothes on and go to the leave hospital, the house. Yeah. leave the house, go on a visit, and then will overhear that same saint mm-hmm. at church. Come on now. Trash talking. Mm-hmm. That, if that doesn't, like, cause internal conflict, I'm going to be honest, I don't know what does. Because it's hard to, to, to regulate and balance, like, what this means. Because you were just like, wait, but mommy and daddy were like, hmm. And then you were like, yeah. And then you just come to one conclusion in your mind, and you're just like, these people are just, they, they're like, you're wicked. They're the worst. Yeah. And you're the worst. They're the worst. And it takes, like, a level of maturity, now I'm understanding, to give grace like that. Mm-hmm. To forgive in that manner. To, like, really do what Jesus said and be like, you know, 70 times 7. Like, mm-hmm. really. Literally la- that. Really laid out there. I'm realizing now as I'm growing how much, like, grace, like, how much maturity it takes to give grace like that and to lean in and to understand the nuances of relationships and to, to also now do, you know, sp- Spend more time honoring leadership mm-hmm. because I, even now as a leader myself, I see, I've seen how hard it is growing up. Yep. And now I'm experiencing how hard it is. And also like really finding that space in my heart to forgive and to know that I do this for the Lord. Yeah. It's not about anybody yeah. else. Yeah. I, I do this for the Lord. Like, I do this from a place of love, from a place of of healing, from a place of knowing Jesus, knowing who, learning more and more each day, let me say it that way, who he has called me to be and how he requires that I show up in the world in relationship with my friends. And I am like, so I am finding it easier to, to, to give, to be gracious. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Back then, I would adjust. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not Listen, easy. It's really not. And some people think that this life, this lifestyle is luxurious. Like, they think that it is something to aspire to. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Sense. I'm not going to lie and say <laughs> that that our, that my church culture and context does not make it look, look luxurious with the nice fruit platter and the cheese. <laughs> yes, the fruit platter after the preaching. After, and, after know, the church, you know. The reserved the parking, you yes, know. All the ministers go to this nice little room, you mm-hmm. know, and they, they eat the nice fruits and crackers <laughs> and things. You know, they don't sit up in the line to buy a party like everybody else. So I'm not going to say that there isn't a measure of... um thing like regard yes yes like there is a measure of regard that is attached in our culture um why i can see why a lot of people are like "Hmm, you know this you you have people who will come to you and everybody knows your name yep and that's why if you're not right in the heart man this is not the job for you because people will like make People will applaud you to the point where your head is your head gets big, Ooh. and you have to really be at that throne. Like you have to be at the feet of Jesus so that you don't like you don't end you up with a big humble. head and your pride and your ego is not out of this world to the point where, like, we have to be taking spaceship to reach you. <laughs> like it's really, it's really actually <laughs> it's out of this world to like come on, right. 
So it's one of those, I, I can see why people will look on. Yeah. And they, from the outside, mm-hmm. and believe yeah. that um, that this is like, this is the penultimate thing to achieve versus living, as you say, from this place of um, passionate passion mm-hmm. um, and, you know, enjoying the the beauty of who you are and who God has created you to be. People would, they feel like, they, they don't understand the beauty of that mm-hmm. where this is ministry yeah. and the protege is ministry and like the but people will see like the pulpit and the the forefront and that this is passed on this is first lady and the clapping of the hands and um and this you know these beautiful like services and no knocking any of that stuff but um they will look on and they will come away and believe that hey this is this is the penultimate thing to achieve in life. Yeah. Not not healing. Mm-hmm. Not not knowing who you are, but they, this type of moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are people that have said to me, for example, and this 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 is another this is another line. I probably will stay off this line right here. <laughs> but there are people that have said that have pointed to like me having good blood. Hmm. Yes, what, the wait, idea, wait. You, you know, of a bloodline. Like, you know, like, I'm in the monarchy or something. Oh. Yeah. I never heard that one. Oh, yeah. Like, people have pointed to, to being of good stock or good blood wow. in the church. Right? This, um, yeah, this idea that, um, like, you know, there is there is worth to me because of my good stock in terms of, you know, I would love to marry a pastor's daughter, for example. Right? Because you know I am I'm of I'm of good stock or good yes. blood or a healthy <clears throat> bloodline or the connections you know and and all of these things and th- so there are like <laughs> there are those aspects and things that I've encountered that I do not enjoy at all mm-hmm. like I love my parents but I don't like that I don't like that I don't, I'm like y'all I love you I love Jesus but this ain't it. Mm-mm. And I realize that, yes, because we are, like, we do these things that are, you know, statusy and we honor in, in certain ways. And I'm trying not to misspeak because, you know, I'm trying to honor, like, our, our leadership and stuff like that. There are times when we will legit put people on a pedestal. Yeah. And... People will, will, other people mm-hmm. outside of, you know, these good blood, good stock circles will also fall into this space where they are disregarded. Yeah. Or overlooked. And so there is just this, this pendulum that I find and not us prioritizing the fact that Jesus is to be glorified above all else. Yeah. Um, and we should seek to um, see the fulfillment of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven kind of thing. And because our focus can be so like caught up in the wrong things, then no, that's not where we have this misplacement. I hope I said all that right. Cause no, I'm like, I get it. I'm like, yeah, okay. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I hope I said all that properly. Okay. Yeah. No, I get it. Like it's 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 hard. I think uh, knowing your place, because then sometimes now the saints try to put you in your place mm. or select a place for you, um, like currently there are some people who are like okay so which one of you guys are going to take over the church from your dad who somebody said that to me once i said this I is said, not a monarchy <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said this this, this I like, like do you not to you do you not know <laughs> candace Sharice, and dylan like what <laughs> <laughs> is, is, does this look like england to you i just tell you if i i don't have the heart Listen, I don't have the heart of a pastor. I couldn't do it. If I was to pastor, the church shut down. <laughs> like, the people that I'm run, I, 
<laughs> I do not have it. And you know what? You can tell there are certain people that really just have it. Like, I look at my dad, and I can understand why. Mm. I can understand why. Like, I can... I can see how he is with people. Mm. I can see how he is from old to young. Like, the, the way little kids, their face lights up when they see him. Like, I can see. And it's not just him just being on the stage. It's him getting down on the ground with these kids. You know? It's him hugging the mothers and mm. making everybody feel in, important. It's him talking to the brothers and encouraging them in their in their homes and in their lives and, you know, building them up. Um, I, again, going back to me producing a, a show for my church, mm. we were talking about everyone's journey to our church and how that was different for the four co-hosts. And one of the, the men on the panel said, you know, when, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, but he was basically saying that when other men can follow a man that's leading, you know, something good is happening. Because it's hard for men to follow other men. Mm. It's easier for a woman to follow a man than it is for men to follow mm. another man. And so I can see in so many ways how my dad encourages people to grow. I try my best. But I don't have the heart of faster. Because best believe, you cannot call me after a certain hour and I pick up the phone. I feel like we need to do away with that, those things. I don't feel I like don't, we need to be calling Especially the if it's not a death. My God. If it's a death, I can understand. If I can sympathize. Yes. But sometimes, man, you can just... But just... <laughs> sometimes, like, at one point, I got so frustrated. I was, I was probably about 13 or so. Mm. I went to my, my, my dad's secretary. I said, hello. I said, I need an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not that I couldn't talk to my dad and say, hey, dad, mm-hmm. I, I would like some time with you. Yeah. But I was really feeling very extra in that moment. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm booking an appointment. It's going to be in your calendar, too. Right? No, we're not just going based off of memory. Yeah. So, <laughs> so don't take no other call. No. Don't book no other appointment. Like, sister so-and-so is not calling you. <laughs> so, no. Like, honestly, and sometimes you just really hope that people will respect the kids and the wife of the or husband of these pastors to allow them afford them that time um with the pastor like that's their 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 husband that's their wife that's their parent you know um because there was also a time where every sunday after church people them coming over to our house sitting mm. down having dinner and and for a long period of time like they have no home like and you know what i get it i'm the not fellowship. saying that there was no invitation i'm just saying some people don't have any discretion no, some some people most of the times there was no invitation oh, oh it was Jesus. it was just oh let's go hang out with bishop today wow yes now <laughs> And because my, again, my again, dad's heart, yes, yes, he's just yes, so we this. welcoming yes. and loving and I get it. But as a family, like sometimes you just want to be with your family. Yeah. And I had situations, well, my family had situations where, oh, some people can be mad when they hear this, but I don't care. We had situations where there came a point in time mm-hmm. where it felt like every family vacation, there were saints on our vacation. Mm. and so you know it's nice because then you have okay your friends mm. and their parents and whatever but at some point you're just like when do i get you alone yes yes and honestly um when i think about our culture because i see i see it like my my mom honestly i say this to my mom all the time for example like <laughs> Like you, you always be answering somebody call. Yes, and nothing. And I, I wonder if now that I'm again, I'm older and I'm in leadership and I'm learning to say yes and I'm learning to say no. Um. Like, is this like cultural upbringing? Mm. Like, is this how like they were raised in this way that to to set boundaries. I don't know. I just be thinking out loud right now. If they I don't know. Yeah, if you know, if this is how like, you know, they I know for my dad, actually for so my mom's mom, so my grandma yeah. on my mom's side, she's a very up there in the evangelist, you know, mm-hmm. one of the head evangelists from long time. So, my mom was saying that, you know, for them, they were used to people coming over their house all the mm. time. 
Now, with my dad, it was a similar thing. But that's because in Jamaica, the church was right here and the house was right here. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. So yes, when, it is. So when my church grandparents' house is literally <laughs> on the same property. It's barely five minutes. It's barely five minutes. What? I said I could never. It's it could never be me. Minutes. Listen, my grandfather was adamant. Deacon Keen was adamant about us getting to church on time. And his favorite <laughs> Sunday school song was Dare to Be a Daniel, Dare to Stand Alone. We we're walking up the church steps and dare to be a, yep, yep, 100% of the time. And listen, Why, dare Jesus. to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone. I honor him in his memory. But he was like, he's like, we live too close to church for <laughs> y'all to be late. So I feel like that's probably, it, it probably is a cultural thing. Yeah. You know, um, and again, I'm not saying people can't come over to pastor's house, yes. you know? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that it should not be an every Sunday thing. Yes. Right? There I, should be consideration for leadership. There we go. Or even yeah. just the family. Yeah. You know? like And, and I'm going to speak on behalf of probably first ladies. So, you know, <laughs> um, like some women in the church are just too comfortable with their male pastors Ooh. and it makes the first ladies it makes the children uncomfortable my god from glory like <laughs> <laughs> and i don't mean you you shouldn't be um, girl i know exactly you know what, I mean, what you though, said right? some of these ladies I'm, I'm not going to i'm i'm gonna, I'm gonna say we ain't it this call way. nobody out but there there is a level of action there there is like, ma'am ma'am be respectful that i get it that is your your pastor no and, but you but don't need to be on. rubbing down past the arm like that no, <laughs> no you don't always need to be in, you do not always you need to be in his office like don't don't like no yeah no and this is not like seriously, like no, yeah. bruh, no. It man. makes it makes the family uncomfortable, right? And th- the children can see it, the wives can see it, yeah. Probably other saints can see it, and then that's why I feel I find that especially for the male pastors, they have to be very careful. Oh my god, very careful, because. Like, you never know when you could be put in a predicament that Listen, you did not sign up for. To the young pastors out there. Yes. I will drop this disclaimer. Do not go to any sister house alone. Listen. By yourself. Listen. Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. <laughs> Bring a second somebody with you. People have gotten in trouble for that, Listen. man. They go to the sister house, and I'm telling you, this is not this is not no joke. Like I'm being so serious. Yeah. They go to sister's house, bro, and like sisters in lingerie, bro. Yeah, like cooking, legit. cooking dinner, legit candlelight, legit. Like what? Like, and I'm not. Hey, I'm not speaking from from my knowledge of anyone in particular. But no, like this is. But yeah. it's it's real stuff. Like you hear about this stuff on the news. You hear yeah. about it on social media. Like you have to be very careful. And one thing I know, especially growing up now, like being young adults, I realize that especially my sister and I have been very careful with our dad, mm-hmm. um, because again with pastors they're so giving they're so kind and whatever so they always think that people are coming from a pure intention and so us especially as females we're like hello mr smith (laughs) that was not pure like Like, her interaction (laughs) with you was not pure it's just you know we just want you to be careful yeah right and it's not that he's doing anything to that's questionable but because you never know what other people's intentions are you have to as a family and even i i say this to other people as a church community watch out for your pastors 100%. watch out for your leaders 100 percent, right if you see that there are people with poor intentions um lingering around them like do your due diligence pray yeah talk to your pastor and just say you know what like not trying to cause any problems, but I noticed something and I just want to, I have your best interest at heart. Um, and again, I'm not saying this because I know of somebody, but I'm just saying based off of the things you hear yeah. in the news and on social media, and then with pastors dying and, and, and yeah. committing suicide. And then again, that leaves the family broken and, yes. and hurting. And it's just yes. like, especially when you're the family and you see everything they're going through. 
So honestly, now I'm just ranting about like, yeah, <laughs> we we be we we have we healthily ranting. Yes, today. I'm you like, know, I'm, I'm trying to help somebody here. We're I'm good trying, with, I'm we trying good to help with the somebody. Ranting. You know, because again, we have to protect our leaders, right? We're in a time where there are very, I don't want to say very few. <laughs> there, are, oh Lord, guide my words, guide my words, guide my words. We're in a time where the world is very different. It is changing drastically. And some people are not equipped enough to handle what is being presented to us, right? And some people are still in the the mindset of years ago. 100%. Years ago, not realizing how fast and advanced people are. 100%. I think I think I heard somebody say the other day like like their the amount of change that has occurred in like the past like 25 years is just like is way more than they would have experienced like a couple like even years before that it, yeah. the, the way everything just just snap your finger and everything is just changing like cell phones went from being big cubes to small things now they're mini computers and and just all of these changes that are happening around us, man, I 100% agree. Like, look out for your leaders, y'all. Yes. Look and, out for your leaders. And their families. And their families. Because I, I remember one thing that will always stick with me is when I finally, maybe I should do a podcast on this too, talking about my mental health and mm-hmm. my journey, because I think people would find it very unique Yeah, being a preacher's kid and what that was like. Um having depression and anxiety, um, suicidal thoughts, and self-harming. So I feel like maybe I'll do an episode about that. But I remember when my sister actually told my parents for me, Mm -hmm. and I was in the room, and one thing that I I remember my dad saying was he was, like, so hurt. And he's like, you know, things have been too easy for me lately. Too easy. Mm. And I, I, I didn't understand when he first said it, and he continued to speak, and he's like, you know, when the devil can't get you mm. directly, he goes after somebody close to you. He goes after somebody that uh, you care about mm. deeply. And he's like, things were just too calm for him. And... Immediately now, after that, we just started praying as a family. Like, there's five of us on this king-size bed, just, like, praying as a family. But it was just powerful to me in that moment because it just showed the impact of whatever happens to someone in the family of that pastor affects the pastor. It affects the first lady. It affects everybody in that leadership role. Yeah. So... When you pray, don't just pray for the pastor. Pray for the pastor's wife, the pastor's husband, the pastor's children, you know, parents, the pastor's parents, like those people that they're connected to. Yeah. Because that can be something vulnerable Yeah. for them. And leaders are also human beings. They are. And some people forget that. They're human beings. Like we, y- y'all, we, we don't got Superman in leadership. Nope. Okay. They ain't bulletproof. <laughs> nope. They really not. They don't move faster than speed of light or whatever. Um, And I feel like when we communicate with each other from this place that, you know, sometimes our actions will be imperfect and that we are human and we do feel and we all have emotions, um, we will be more gracious. Mm -hmm. Because if I first think of you as a person and I think back to what Jesus said that I should treat you as I would like to be treated yeah and I approach you from that perspective the level of care I will offer you right is is going to be the same level of care I would I would desire for myself right and if I do that, if I am coming to you to offer you the same grace that I that I would want somebody to offer me, to forgive you in the way that like I would want somebody to forgive me, that yields more fruit in relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it causes us to be able to fully empower each other and encourage each other in the Lord. Because 
I I understand even um or I I would like to say I understand some of what you went through with regards to to what you have been dealing with with regards to depression and anxiety but also without the revelation of what you were going through there wouldn't have been that moment of like everybody coming to strengthen Sharice right as she needed to be strengthened in that moment on that bed Right. And I feel like God does a beautiful job sometimes of revealing so that we can be healed. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like you were talking about the idea of pretense, like I can do church. Yeah, I could do church really well. And you would never know. Right. And I am often and I and I've said this before. I am often the child that you don't necessarily know that you should pray for unless the Lord tells you because um, you I'm, look like you have it all together. I look like I have it all mm-hmm. together. And I and when I come to, to church, like I genuinely worship like it's it's like, you know, it's not a facade. Like I don't put on a facade when I come to church and I worship. But it doesn't mean that everything and all is right in the in my in my in in my world. Yeah. Or in the world around me. Right. It just means that I just love God that much and i don't pretend with him right right but people can look on and they can see like these these things and i've done it before where what i what i've done in church is a facade it is a mask i've done that so i'm not saying like i have done that and be outside of the sanctuary my life was trash Mm -hmm. okay if i could just say it plain like that it wasn't anything there was nothing to be desired, right? Um, I was trying to to do to you. I was trying to find my own way to break out of the boxes that people had put me in. I understand that. I was trying to dispel the myths about church, like about being labeled a church girl. I have like I've done I've done enough things. Yep, I've done enough things in the dark. I've done enough things in the light. Yes. Right? And it's like, but at the same time, when I show up to the house of the Lord, I, I will look the part. Mm-hmm. Right? But I'll be struggling. Like, I'll be, yeah. be in my bed and I'll be crying by myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to tell nobody. Yeah. Right? Because, again, this expectation that, that is placed on you that somehow... Um, even if people don't say it that way, inadvertently, you read the cues, you get the message, yep. right? They, you get the message that there, there should be this, this thing, this, ah, yeah, I am, I am the PK, I'm here and we're going to worship. Like there's this, there's this, this idea that, that the way people talk to you, um, the way they 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 present their expectations or the way they correct you it's yeah. that you should be perfect for example i remember once i was i was younger and i was talking to my my friends and these little this this messaging it sends messages right i was talking to my friends in church and i got flack from um somebody well meaning but this idea that i was talking in church and i need to, needed to be the good child Ooh. right and again a well meaning correction um, but it's like, oh, you're misbehaving and you need to set an example, for example, like you said, mm-hmm. right? You need to set this example. You need to present as together yeah. and whatever. And that will make you feel like you show up and you are together before people because that's what they expect of you. But in the back, you just, you're not in a good place, mm-hmm. right? And let let me pause here to say this. If you see us go to the altar, just let us go to the altar. We need Jesus too. Yeah. Come on now. We need him too. We he died he died for me. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm gonna go to the altar when I need to. I and like I had to come to that place where yeah. I'm like, yo, you need God. Yeah. You you need the living God mm-hmm. in your life. For yourself. For yourself. Yeah. The the anointing that our parents have is not enough for us. Ah. Uh, so we have to get our own. I got I got to lean in. Yeah. I got to lean in to 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 who God has called me to be. And I had to come to this place where I'm like, "Yo, I need Jesus for myself. 
I need God to let me know why he has created me. I need him to foster this gift mix that he has given me. Right? Because, like, coming out and doing poetry and writing and, and, and all this stuff, this is like... I didn't expect it's like who that? Who this? <laughs> like, I was not expecting any of it. Yeah. But it is in this surrender mm-hmm. to the Lord that I found it and in learning who I am, like that helped break me free of all these other expectations that everybody else has. Like I it really helps because I'm like, yo, is who this? Mm-hmm. Who girl? That's that's how I thought. Well, yeah. Gosh, on Saturday, I'm like, is this really me? Gosh, like, where like, does she this? come from? Like, who is this? But it, uh, no, but um, and then and then I'm like, yo, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, because if it had not been like now, now, that's not even a cliche anymore in my no, life. No, it's not. It's really not. I think I think about myself. And, I, and we're going to wrap up here. Yeah. But uh, just I just think about myself and everything that I've been through. Mm. And there's not a lot of people that would have stayed in church. Girl. That would have kept a relationship with God. That would have leaned in to people that were trying to embrace them. You know, that would have found good connections, good people. Like, I found you. I found Jess. I found so many. Like, I found a community of of different people, different age ranges to pour into me just as much as I was pouring out. Yes. And it goes to the point where it's just like, I I don't want to say I'm lucky, but I'm blessed. Oh, blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Come on now. Like, <laughs> but yeah, like anything else you want to say just to wrap it up? Honestly, like y'all just... Take care of yourself. Like, if it's anything I would ever say to a PK, it would be take care of yourself. Be intentional with with the with, you know, taking care of your mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I I've been in therapy as well. So like I am like <laughs> my therapist be reframing some stuff. I was like, ooh, I didn't realize that was that was flowing around in the subconscious mm-hmm. part of my mind. But so there's like a lot like choosing to heal mm-hmm. is that's big. Choosing to heal daily, daily making like choosing to heal is is what has definitely helped and leaning into who God has called me to be. And to the parents that have beautiful children that are that are PKs, ensure that you affirm. Yes. You affirm them. Yes. Affirm them. Compliment them. Like, see what they're gifted in and teach them to set healthy boundaries from early. Mm-hmm. And to come to you um like with with authenticity and honesty mm-hmm. and to to just tell you the truth because like that that's very helpful and them knowing that you're present that's that's gold yeah they don't they your kids love you they love the pastor you but they love the parent you more more yeah and i'm i'm grateful for my parents me too. You know, I'm grateful for mine. Grateful for my parents because it was a challenge. I'm not going to say this road has been easy. It was a challenge, but they never stopped loving me. Mm. Yes. And 100%. they never, like, anytime something happened and I did come to them, they found a way to embrace me and to help. So I'm grateful. Yes. Pasta and, and co pasta king, big up yourself. Big up yourself. <laughs> Now, before we go, Ashley, yes. we need to know what were we drinking today? What was in our cup? We were drinking kombucha and lemonade, kombucha. y'all. <laughs> kombucha. I'm going to tell you, that was the first time when I asked <laughs> Ashley, what are we having to drink? I'm like, what? <laughs> and then my friend was like, I think that's a healthy drink. I'm like, all right, I got to go to the health section yes. of the store. Yes. So. It, it helps with your, with your, with your, your, what do you say, gut bacteria, the good bacteria in your gut and helping preserve like just good gut health. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like it. I actually use it for like mocktails and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So it instead of like soda. Yeah. Or something I find because it's With also juice. sparkling. Yeah. Because yeah. it's also sparkling. I 
I enjoy like I don't do soda, so I find that the kombucha is very. I really thought we were gonna have just the kombucha by itself. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you're supposed to mix it with something. No, you can, mm-hmm. you can. But I mean, today was a special day, so I was like, let's mix it up. Okay, okay. Let's mix it up. Like <laughs> normally, I just drink it on its own. I'm perfectly okay with it. I feel like it's refreshing. Yeah. Um, but occasionally, I'm like, you know what? Let's mix it up. Let's <laughs> add some juice in there. Let's. Spice it up a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. All right, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining me on my thank podcast. You for me. Don't be surprised if I call you back because you know <laughs> us. We have good conversation every single I'm time. So glad you have me on here. Like I feel extra special. I'm like I'm on live with Sharice, y'all. <laughs> Thanks again, Ashley. You're welcome. Definitely a pleasure. Yay.